Learn how you can protect your family's finances and open up more opportunities by diversifying your income. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Diversifying your income is something every family should consider. It can not only give you a bigger safety net, but it also gives you some more options no matter what stage you are in your financial journey. Here are a few scenarios where diversifying and increasing your income can be helpful. Having your only source of income tied to jobs puts you in a vulnerable position. We're still not out of the woods when it comes to the financial impact of COVID. In April, 9.4 million people reported that they were unable to work because their employer either closed or lost business due to this pandemic. As you can probably guess, the more income you get, the higher your chances of saving. In 2019, the median bank account balance for American households was 5,300. What's interesting is when you break it down by income, how drastically that changes. For a family that's in the 40 to 59 percentile of income, the median savings was 4,400. You move to the next bracket, 60 to 79%, you're looking at 10,000. The next one, 20,000, and then finally 69,000. Having income to take care of essentials means you can then take that so-called extra income and put it towards financial goals, including savings. Finally, if your family is on the financial independence path, then increasing your savings rate can speed things up for you when you'll hit your FI number. For example, if your savings rate is 15%, then you have 43 working years until you retire. If you bump that up to 30%, then that drops down to 28. You move up to 45% and it becomes 19 years. You're literally buying back your time when you're increasing your savings rate. So hopefully you can see why you need to diversify your income beyond just what you're earning at work. The question is now, how do you find the right one for your family? Side hustles are a popular recommendation, especially online, but they're not your only option. Which is why I'm so happy to have Michelle Jackson on today. She's an author, podcaster, and entrepreneur. Not only has she developed multiple businesses and income streams, she's also found a bit of balance with juggling them. In this episode, we're going to get into different types of income that you can earn and the pros and cons with them and how to decide which income streams are right for you. Are you ready? Let's get started. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, chances are you're already earning some income besides your job. The first step for many families is having a savings account. With the current interest rates, it certainly doesn't seem like you're earning a lot, but you are having your money work for you. But that's not the only way that you can earn income without having to rely on your job. 
So let me go over just a few types of income and then we can talk about the pros and cons. Let's start with the one that most people are familiar with, earned income. This is the money you get from working your job. That example with your savings account is interest income. Another way you can earn income is by selling an item. I know some people that have earned some nice side income from flipping items that they find at yard sales, fixing them up, and then putting them online. Rental income is money you receive when you rent out a property. If you're investing, you have capital gains income. That's when your assets increase in value. And then if you have dividends, that's the income that you're getting from owning specific stocks or funds. Finally, the last category of income, I would call it residual or royalty. This is where you've created a project or you've done some work, but even after it's completed, you're still receiving some income from that. Some examples include musicians, authors, or digital creators. As you can see, there are so many different paths to diversifying your income, but what they have in common is that they all need some sort of investment to start with work, whether you're working for yourself or for a company, you're putting in the time and effort to get that money. With rental properties, you have to at least put money down for the down payment. The same with investments. I mean, it's in there in the name. You have to invest money before you can reap the benefits. Even something that's regarded as extremely passive, that residual or royalty income, still requires you to create something, which can take a lot of time and effort up front. I'm not trying to discourage you from diversifying your income. I just want you to have a better idea of what it takes to get started. Where it gets interesting is deciding how passive or active you want to be in the process. Let's take some of the more active ones like earn income, but this time you're doing it with a side hustle or some freelance work and profit income. You may find that you get some great joy out of doing your freelance work or doing some flipping work and selling items online, and you're happy with that. Yes, there is an, a certain amount of work, but for you, it doesn't feel like a burden and you're still earning extra income. Or you may decide that you want to do rental income. You would like to own a property, maybe a multi-unit, and you feel like if you get a property manager, it's that perfect balance where you have a supplemental income, but you're not hands-on as a landlord. Finally, you too may decide, you know what? We want to be incredibly passive. We want to keep it simple. And so you stick with things like investing. Yes, you have a regular recurring contribution that's going into those accounts. But after that, you're hands off. You've automated what you're investing in. As that is gaining in value, you get income. And then if you're getting dividend stocks or funds, that's also an additional source of income. Or if you're really talented and you want to go the residual royalty route, you set aside time to create something that addresses a need that people are willing to pay for and it's something you enjoy. It may or may not be a big money breaker. It's something that brings in income year after year. So the next time you guys get together for a money date, discuss that. What are your specific goals that you want to achieve in the next year, five years beyond? What are your interests with these different types of income streams? Are there one or two that really pull at you and you want to go all in? 
Or do you want to explore your options, dabble a little bit, and see which one makes the most sense for you? It can be tough deciding which route is best for you. Sometimes it can be helpful hearing from someone else about their own journey. Author and entrepreneur Michelle Jackson goes over her path with diversifying and building your income, as well as things you should know so you can chart your own path. Diversifying income, especially this past year, people found out like maybe their job wasn't working as well as they thought. I know in certain industries, they got hit hard. Either they immediately lost their job or their hours got cut. They're stuck trying to fill in the gaps with paying their bills or reaching their financial goals. So having an extra income stream, even if it's like a part-time income stream, would have been incredibly helpful. But I think the problem is where do you start? When I was working my nine to five, I always had a side hustle and I didn't have the time I was commuting, but it was really important to me because it had taken a long time to get that job. My mom had lost her job prior to that. So I'd mm-hmm. supported us on Starbucks money and student loans. And so I always had this issue with relying too much on one thing. It, it made me very nervous because I'd seen that things could go pear-shaped very quickly. When I worked my nine to five, I actually worked at a high-end olive oil store. <laughs> okay. I worked retail. Yeah. I never talk about this, but I used to work at Owen Co., Olivier and Co., which is an olive oil store, very high-end, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I needed the money, but I loved mm-hmm. the job, and here's why. I love olive oil and high-end vinegars, which is what they were selling in different like truffle salt and things like that. And so I think if you're looking at picking up a side hustle or diversifying your income, you could do something very simple where you're Mm -hmm. not creating a thing. As a person who was working for a university, I was like, here's the time that I have. I don't have the Mm -hmm. bandwidth to like, that wasn't where my head was at. I was just like, Mm -hmm. what do I enjoy doing and pays well that I can do easily? That was literally Mm -hmm. the litmus test. I had another side hustle that actually I could do even now because they're they're looking to staff again. I, I won't because yeah. I don't need the money, but I, I might do it just because I, I miss the team. It's a lot of fun. That was brand ambassador work. I worked hmm. for a company whose product I liked. I, I've been a brand ambassador for more than one company. They pay well. It can range between $14 to $50 an hour depending on the product. Alcohol, you'll get paid more, but the alcohol brand ambassador gigs are a different beast. I was doing like yogurt and juices and things like that. It was great because I would get paid $25 an hour, 20 to 25 an hour. I would hand out this product and my team lead would say this. Once you guys finish handing out everything, because there's a certain amount Mm -hmm. of product that you're supposed to hand out per gig, then you can go home. Oh, okay. But get paid for the whole shift. So mm-hmm. maybe we had a five hour shift and we had like 1500 items, no, 2000 items that we had to hand out. If yeah. we did that in two hours, we got paid for five and we were out. That's nice. Why do you think I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't really need the money, but I like you guys and I like the product. <laughs> I could do this again. When thinking about diversifying your income, keep it easy. Do you like a product? Do they need help with that? Right now, actually, a lot of marketing companies are starting to market again. At this point, we're talking in the summer of 2021, Mm -hmm. we're starting to get out of COVID. They're starting to have these programs come up again. With diversifying your income, you could start very simply doing something Mm -hmm. like that. 
you're not having to design anything. You're not having to find your own customers. You're not having to do anything except for show up. I love that you're introducing that idea. The question I have is, since I know you've had some really interesting and, and cool jobs and great stories, but someone listening might be going, well, where do I find that? I would love to try to work with brands. How do I find those opportunities? For brand ambassador work in particular, they have Facebook groups. So for example, I live in Denver. There's brand ambassadors of Denver, brand ambassadors of Colorado, something like that. Just type in an iteration of that, that phrase yeah. for your state and for the b- biggest town in your state. It's likely that you'll find a semi-closed Facebook group that will post those opportunities. Mm, in fact, okay. one of the companies that I used to do brand ambassador work for, because I'm still in those groups, I just haven't removed myself, just posted that they're looking for people for that team. Growing up, even if I had a quote main job, I've always worked something on the side. When I was going through college, mm-hmm. it had the internship, but I also worked at the amphitheater. You get tips. It was great experience, a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know, mixing the opportunities there. I think a lot of people, you know, that's one of those easy jobs. But for you, when did you start making the transition or start broadening your definition of diversifying income? At the end of 2014, I left my job. I flew to Hawaii and then I went to Australia for a couple months with the idea that I was going to work online for myself in some sort of capacity. At that time, I was like, I don't know what I'm really going to do. I'd been mm-hmm. dabbling. So it wasn't like I didn't know I couldn't make money. I just wasn't yeah. sure what what the thing would be in the end. And I was doing virtual assistant work and some really low paying freelance writing. I very much was self-employed, which means I didn't have any products, goods, or services. I was just facilitating these things for other companies, which was fine. In June of that year of 2015, I made $6,000 that month. That was more than I'd been making at my old job. This really goes to your point about knowing what you like and dislike and all that. I hated it. I hated being a VA. Freaking hated it. I really did not enjoy a freelance writing at that time. I really struggled on and off for a while because I was like, I don't like any of what I'm doing. There was added pressure because I had to eat. I had to pay my bills. I had debt. And so I was trying to design this business and trying to figure out what was going to work well for me. And a lot of people, especially people like ourselves who are in the personal finance space, a lot of times people will really lean into one thing. Mm-hmm. I understand that because it's just simpler, right? It's much mm-hmm. easier to lean into one thing. That's the thing you do and you do focus, focus, focus. I did the opposite, mm-hmm. which created some issues, but I think now has worked out well for me because mm-hmm. I was really worried about doing too much of one thing. Mm-hmm. and being burned. I just, mm-hmm. I always had that concern. As I started transitioning out of being self-employed to being an entrepreneur, like a person who actually has products, goods, and services, and I was selling those, I was trying to figure out what what's going to energetically be a good fit, what fits for the amount of time I want to use towards mm-hmm. these things. And so now I have a very diversified in, like revenue but it took a lot of A-B testing. I had to see who I was working with. What kind of products do I like? I'm going to be candid. A lot of the passive products and, and mm-hmm. services that I did, I stopped doing in 2020. And mm-hmm. so I, I lost wow. all that revenue for that. No matter what anyone tells you, it takes a lot of time and energy. It's not passive until it's passive, right? I'm actually excited to say this to you today, but today 
this this week I was kind of looking at my revenue so far for June and it looks like a little over 10,000 already. So it's like a kind of a big month for me because it's the first time that I've hit 10,000 before the month the month has started. It's revenue that I know is coming and it's diversified. So yeah. I have, you know, for your audience, I have mm-hmm. a website and podcast, plural, websites and plot, podcasts. By having these online products and goods and services, I've been able to really diversify where my income comes from. I have money that I get from freelance writing. Yeah, I have money that's coming in from a sponsorship with a big corporation. I have money that comes from affiliate income, which the affiliate income is the big revenue stream that really took a hit last year, which is fine because you can always like work on it and get it back up. I have really worked on diversifying my income. So right Mm -hmm. now I have about nine income streams. What I noticed in Mm -hmm. 2020 is if money's already coming in, you could kind of take the brakes off. That's what I did because I just didn't have the energy to to do too much last year. Yeah. I want to talk about that because it is a balancing act to a certain degree. Like you are working more because if you have a regular job or if you have a family and you're doing this side hustle that may or may not be a business, it takes time. Do you have any tips to find that balance where you are being productive, but at the same time, you're not burning out? I've seen both extremes, not just in our space, but Mm -hmm. there's almost this side hustle culture where it's like 24 seven, I'm working. And it's like, I don't mind your money working 24 seven. Like, you know, once you build that income, but you shouldn't be burning yourself on both sides of the candle. So this was actually at the heart of all of my internal dialogue about Mm -hmm. what I was doing. How can I make more and less time? And how can I really look at the time that I have and maximize it and maximize my earnings? Anything that felt too complicated and annoying had to go away. For example, Again, the virtual assistant work just Mm -hmm. never worked because I didn't want to do, I didn't want to work for people. So Mm -hmm. I learned quickly that working for someone in a capacity where someone's supervising me for for something like that was never going to work. My freelancing, this is a, a good one to talk about. I used to hate freelance writing, but I now I love those it. conversations. Remember, I used to be like, I hate it. I hate it. Part of why I hated it, there were a couple of things. I was broke and I couldn't really say no to the projects that I was say- that I was getting. Mm-hmm. The projects were really low paying and it was weird because those projects would be really intensive but pay nothing. There's this weird in between where you're excited when you get paid the first couple times to do like writing or whatever. I remember being excited the first time. I was like, "Oh my god, I got paid 15 bucks for post." And because the way I was thinking about it was I used to have to stand for an hour to at least get this. The energy output is different, but over time I was like, wait a minute now, I have an expertise and mm-hmm. I need to be paid more more than $15 to do this. I don't mm-hmm. need you to worry about how long or how long it takes me to write this thing. So if I do it in an hour or two, that that doesn't that shouldn't be uh, an indicator of the amount you're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I hate it freelance writing for quite a while because I felt like I was being nickel and dimed partly because I, I couldn't say no because mm-hmm. my finances were a mess. Then also I really didn't understand how to attract higher paying projects either. Mm-hmm. I actually took eight months off of freelance writing. That's when mm-hmm. I discovered making passive income with eBooks. 
Mm. It's the same skill I was writing. I started a blog years ago, writing. Yep. Then I did this virtual assistant work, which ha actually has to do with a lot of writing. That didn't work, got rid of it. So because there's a lot of hourly, like watching people's hours and I didn't like that. I'm like, don't mind my hours. Like I got my work done. You mm -hmm. should be happy. Anyway, then there was the freelance writing. But the problem with the freelance writing wasn't the writing necessarily. It was the scope of work and the projects mm -hmm. took a break. Then I was like, okay, how can I use the same skill set? It's not that I don't like creating content. I don't yeah. like doing it in this way. I started having conversations with people who were highly paid freelancers, mm. you know, six figure yeah. freelancers, things like that. What they were telling me really changed how I viewed freelance writing. As a result, all of mm -hmm. my projects are so much better and I've been able to attract better work. I think that the key is consistency. If you're working already in a nine to five, I think you can have more discernment about the projects you say yes or no to. The other thing is fire people fast. If you're working for a project and you're like, this is not working out, fire them fast. This winter, I thought I would try and do a part-time thing again and work for a really wonderful organization. Everything on paper looked right. But it was a horrible, like I, I knew immediately this isn't going to work. It was because the work culture, I love the people Tuesday, mm -hmm. but within four months I had to quit because it was a bad fit. It makes sense. The good news is you have that flexibility. If this is your side hustle or your second income stream, you do have that flexibility to say, you know what? I've experimented. I've tested this out. I gave it a good go, but it's just not a good fit either financially or just life-wise? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it has taken a long time to get to the point where I can do that because I had the debt. So if mm -hmm. I still had a significant amount of debt, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have been able, I think it would be much more challenging for me to be like, no, I can't, I'm not going to do this. Right. When yeah. you're feeling desperate, I need money. Yeah. Now it's like I've paid a significant mm -hmm. amount of debt off. So I yeah. can say yes or no to things I can be a lot more discerning about what serves me well and what doesn't. I think that in, in terms of this conversation, that's something really important to point out. Mm -hmm. It's like where your finances are and where your head is at play a huge role in the types of side hustles you may say yes or no to and, mm -hmm. and what motivates you to keep them. Yeah. I love the brand ambassador um, work because I like the people. I like the pay. I like the mm -hmm. flexibility. I like the product. That's a huge thing because you don't want to take things that you can't shine at, even if it's a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Even now, if I needed to work for them again, I totally could. I saw one of the team lead this weekend, actually. That's something also to think about is these experiences may also open up other doors. I had some of the best networking I've ever done mm -hmm. was when I was a brand ambassador because you meet everybody mm -hmm. in your town. Nice. So there's nice. something to think about. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of like side jobs that maybe I wouldn't want as a full-time career, but I did enjoy them. Like for years, I worked at the amphitheater in Virginia and uh, I enjoyed it. It was a great way to listen to some fantastic music, earn extra income. Mm -hmm. One of my motivations for the extra income was paying down debt. But then also along the way was saving up for a house and eventually financial freedom and independence. Like these projects and goals kind of spurred me mm -hmm. on. The last thing I want to wrap things up with is how people can get started and, and decide like, what's the right path for me? You, 
we've talked a little bit about this, deciding like, should I go active versus passive? Here's what I'm going to say about doing anything passive. It takes Mm -hmm. a long time for that income to build up with eBooks, which I love Mm -hmm. affiliate marketing, which is wonderful. I love it too. Course sales, perhaps you have a course or something. Mm -hmm. If you're starting from scratch, it's going to take a while for that really to take off. If you're needing the income immediately, that's something to factor in. If you're fine with having more of a lead time between you and the earnings, go for it. But passive income is never passive until it's passive. (laughs) Yeah, there's always an investment. Active income. Yeah, there's an investment of time and energy and learning. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be aware of like the roadway with that one. Mm -hmm. With active side hustles, right now there's tons of gigs available. Tons. There's Mm. so much work out there Mm -hmm. and you can really sit there and decide what works best for your schedule. You can negotiate things with employers because they're like, we need help. (laughs) We would love to have you. And how can we make this work between the two of us? There are some things Mm -hmm. that you can look at. What do you enjoy? Mm -hmm. How can you optimize this opportunity? When I side hustled with, there was a yogurt team for a very big yogurt brand here in Colorado. You can figure it out. We would go to the mountains, a -hmm. team of two of us. We would go to the mountains, stay overnight in our own suites. I mean, I had my own two bedroom suite, fireplace, everything like that. My colleague had her own suite and we would just relax or whatever. Then we would hand out yogurt and we would get paid for that whole weekend. I'm like, I got paid to go to the winter park and hand out yogurt. and, And this is awesome. Yeah. And I love the yogurt. So really think about how can you optimize mm-hmm. these side gigs in addition to the money, because you don't side gig unless you're, you're trying to make your money in addition to the money. And then what mm-hmm. Starbucks has health insurance. Some places you get a- access to music, to live music performances, festivals, things like that. I think for parents that the, the issue is always making sure that you are taking an account that that you are also caring for a small human (laughs) right now is a huge opportunity. It it could be that instead of a side hustle, you change your job and you really look at when I'm applying for my job, let me apply for things that start 30,000 more. Like let, let me tack on that raise that I know I should have gotten and then negotiate on top of that. They don't need to know that you're getting paid, that you applied for a job that's 30,000 more than before. Maybe you negotiate time off, PTO, your medical care, whatever, because right now, mm-hmm. this is a very, very unique time in American history for American workers. And it would be a shame not to take advantage of it, if you will, mm-hmm. so that you can lead with your best needs first. Maybe you don't side hustle. Maybe you just change your job thoughtfully and really spend some time considering what will serve me best. And that's something to think about. This segment is brought to you by Republic Wireless. Looking for affordable smartphones, nationwide coverage, and plans that don't cost your family a fortune? Switch to Republic Wireless. I've been a member for around nine years and love them. Bring your own or grab one of their phones, like a Samsung Galaxy or Moto G. With plans starting at $15 a month, what's not to love? Find out all they offer at republicwireless.com. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from speaking with Michelle and as I was preparing this episode. The first is don't wait to diversify. 
One lesson learned last year was how quickly circumstances can change. While we can't anticipate everything, we can be prepared for major blows like a loss or drop in income. On the other side, perhaps you want to be more proactive with your income so that you can hit your financial goals faster. Diversifying your income can also help in that scenario. The second is choose options that match your goals and your circumstances. Not everyone needs or wants a side hustle. Maybe rental income is not something you're interested in. That's fine. When you're reviewing your options, keep in mind what your specific goals are and your circumstances. It'll help you narrow down the options available and then you can move forward. Finally, if you're thinking of switching careers, side hustles and freelancing can be an incredible helpful way to pivot. If you're a parent and you're not exactly ready to up and quit your job just yet, but you know down the line you want to switch career tracks, freelancing or doing a side hustle can be a wonderful way to build up your skills and resume while earning money. If you want to discuss this more, ask questions, swap ideas, and discover your strategy for diversifying your income, don't forget to join us in the Thriving Families group on Facebook. We're all about helping one another out with our family and financial goals. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. Special thanks to Michelle for being a part of this episode. If you want to learn more about any of her projects, her books, building your own brand or podcasts, please check out the show notes. I'll have links to all of those as well as other resources so that you can start building and diversifying your income. Next week on the podcast, we're talking about a topic that's been popping up all over, cryptocurrency. Just this year alone, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others have been on a roller coaster ride. I've gotten questions. First, exactly how these currency work. And then second, If it's something to invest in, a lot of couples are having this discussion where one wants to jump in and the other is hesitant. So I'm going to go over the essentials about blockchain technology, what NFTs are, and some of these different currencies, and then what the two of you need to consider and discuss when deciding whether cryptocurrency is right for you. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on Apple, Spotify, and Overcast. Our theme song is from Staircases, additional music by various artists from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. These episodes are based on your feedback, questions, and ideas, so I really appreciate you taking the time to share them. If you want to help out with future episodes, please be a part of our community. It's free. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.